If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And Midi can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, achy joints, weight gain. Maybe you're thinking they're all just part of getting older. Or that's what your doctor tells you. But Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all be connected. Hormonal changes that happen during perimenopause and menopause are at the root of dozens of symptoms women experience, not just hot flashes. Midi specializes in compassionate care for women in menopause. Their solutions are safe, effective, and FDA-approved. Plus, they're covered by insurance. A convenient telehealth visit with a MIDI clinician can be your first step to getting personalized care. They'll tailor a treatment plan for your symptoms and health history so you can get back to feeling great. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. When your body changes, your care should too. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. You don't have to wait for the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Show to find out what I thought of Monday Night Raw and SmackDown each week. You can check out my reports that are updated live throughout Raw and SmackDown at pwtorch.com. My written report will tell you what's happening in detail in case you missed the show. And it will also analyze key segments and give my random thoughts and quips on what I am watching as it airs. So check it out every Monday night and Tuesday night at pwtorch.com. That also applies to WWE pay-per-views. I cover those live at pwtorch.com with a detailed written report with star ratings. And of course, you can find other TV reports from other contributors to PW Torch, such as NXT, ROH Impact Wrestling, and more. Check it out, pwtorch.com, your first stop for TV and pay-per-view written reports. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. 
No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good afternoon and welcome to another edition of MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans for the week of Monday, November 15th, 2021. As always, I'm your host, Robert Vallejos, and I'm joined this week by the very early Rick Monsi. Rick, how's it going? It's going pretty good, and I've got some incense burning in the background here, so let's get sexy. Okay, that's exactly how I wanted to start off the show. Uh, if you have anything great to say to us, you can send us an email. That email address is... MMA livecast at gmail.com. That's MMA L I V E C A S T at gmail.com. All right, Rick. Um, gotta say, I watched a lot of uh, real and worked people punching each other in the face uh, yesterday. I'm pretty fired up for, for today's show. How are you feeling based off of uh, the MMA you watched yesterday? I, I'm feeling like we. We didn't get a break from excitement and things to talk about, which is really nice. And there was some buzz coming into this fight card just because it was such a great main event for a fight night. And it definitely lived up to expectations and I think exceeded them in some ways. Mm -hmm. So let's, let's talk about it. It's our, it's the main event of our show UFC fight night from the apex center coming off of the pay-per-view week. You never know what to expect. And what we got instead was, I would say almost a perfect fight night in that the undercard flew by with finish after finish after finish, only one fight that went to decision on the undercard. And then you had the main event go to decision, but it wasn't disappointing in any way. It was one fight of the night, and it deservedly won fight of the night. Uh, just an epic fight between Max Holloway and Yair Rodriguez. Max Holloway earning the decision here, a couple of 48-47s, a 49-46. This was just all action the entire fight. Both guys doing what they do well. You had the fantastic boxing from Max Holloway. You had the dangerous legs of Yair Rodriguez. And it was kind of a kind of a competition to see who would be able to impose their will in this fight. Holloway had some really strong rounds early. I thought Yair really came on late. And I don't think this was ever in question as far as the result. Whenever we went into the fifth round, it kind of seemed like Max Holloway really had this in hand. But it also seemed like Yair could end the fight in any instance if uh, if just things broke the right way. Rick, your thoughts on this fight? I, yeah, instant classic. I think that this is even better than Max Holloway's previous fight where that was complete dominance. This is the first time I felt like Max Holloway, besides his two fights against Ortega and Poirier, that he was in significant trouble that being dominated a little bit in the first round, it just felt like the power differential between Yair and Max was very evident in the first round, but Max does what Max does and just doesn't, let out the pace and was able to get three takedowns in the fight and eventually kind of 
pull away with the total strike numbers and significant strike numbers as the rounds went on. But Yair looked really, really good. And the odds didn't think he would perform as well. And he obviously proved that wrong. He proved me wrong. I didn't think he would do as well as he did. And I, I really thought he was going to win the fight in the first two rounds. And I didn't see any way for Max to be pulling through like he did, but never count out Max. And we're just such a great fight back and forth. And there are really no losers in this one. And what's crazy though, is to see as bad as we thought Max's leg must've been to see what Yair's foot looked like by throwing those kicks. That was, that was something else too. And that's probably why Yair stopped doing it in the last couple of rounds. The post-fight photos have been great from this one, as far as how beat up uh, these guys are. And that's, uh, that's two weeks in a row. You see the photo of Yair's foot. It's just like purple. And, uh, about three times it's, uh, its actual size with all that said i think we're in agreement this was this was a great fight um this was again a, fi- a fight night classic one of those that i i wouldn't mind going back to in a couple months just to no, watch yeah um i was gonna watch it again this morning i just kind of ran out of time actually well and it's one of those ones that it's one thing if you pay for it and it's this great fight night with the audience and everything if there's an audience for this this has probably been one of the best a uh, real audience one of the best fights it would be remembered, yeah. It would yeah. be like remembered um, quite a bit. It's it's gonna gonna get consideration for sure uh, when we when we filter all that down here in a couple of weeks. But I don't know if it's quite gonna reach. That's that right. In top a, level. In a month, we're gonna have our best of show, aren't we? Yeah, and I think oh, I good. think our our number one candidate happened last week. Um, so you know. But this is this is definitely going to be on the podium. It's definitely going to yeah. It's 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 going to be nominated, and I think deservingly so. Max takes some damage, though. I know he doesn't do hard sparring or anything, but we've been worried about Max for a while. Remember when he was having this mm-hmm. weird speech pattern with Bisbing, and he got taken out of the Habib fight, and and he's just the way he talks in general, how he slurs his words, and they're all kind of one spaghetti sentence and stuff. You'd like to think it's just the way he talks, but we might look back on it and be like, man, it was so obvious, but I hate to say I'm enjoying the, the wars he's in now, but this guy definitely be one of those guys who hopefully won't be, but probably will be paying for it at the end. Cause he, he's taken some, he's been in battles, dude. He is the oldest 29. You could possibly be at the age of 29. I think he just turned 30. Didn't he? He's going to be 30. Um, oh, that's what it was. They, they were made, Let's see. When, when is it? It's, uh, in December, in the beginning of December. So yeah, like he probably should be retired by the time he's thirty-five from the sport. Well, and he was, and he still is. But forever, he was the young guy that was so good in the UFC. You know, because he started out um, being so, 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 so young. But he's had a, a bazillion fights, uh, the concussions, the weight cuts. There, there's been a lot that's gone on in his career over the last four or so years. But he's on track now. Like he's yeah. in, he's in good shape now. Uh, do you see him getting the the trilogy? I do. Yeah, I think that there's not really much else option wise for Volkanovski out there. This is perfect for the UFC. I'm sure they would have wouldn't have mind Yair winning this either. But I think that as far as interest goes, Alexander Roche's Max Holloway three will be big time interest, and it'd be interesting to see if Ol- Olnowski gets some fan support even with the baby face Max Holloway as an opponent, because he really did prove himself to be that workhorse puts on a good fight champion 
in that last bout he had with Brian Ortega. So I'm looking forward to that. I hope it happens. I hope that they can both heal though. I think they're both kind of in the mend of Volkanovski mm-hmm. and Max Holloway. So this might time out for a big time summer fight or something like that down the road. And as far as um, Yair goes, I think it's pretty obvious that once he's healed up, he could go against someone like Brian Ortega. But if Ortega needs more time to heal, because talk about damage, Ortega still probably shouldn't be in the octagon until late 2022. He could go against like Chan Sun Young. Or, they, they, um, they, would, they would reset that? You think they would do that again? Maybe. It was such a good fight. But I think the fight that everybody really wants to see him against is um, the returning Russian, what's to say, Abe Lincoln. Uh, the one that he keeps getting books against, Yair versus, uh, like, I forgot the Russian guy's name. He's been out because of uh, chest issues, but they're, like, synonymous with each other. I know who you're talking about. Now it's now it's, uh, it's, it's He's just been gone so long. But that's the guy. If he comes back, his first fight should be against Yair. And so, yeah, I think Zabit, that... Zabit, 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 it's of, a of course, of course, Zabit, uh, yeah. So that would be something we still want to see. That's, like, the the pepsi the coke versus pepsi that's the pepsi version of tony ferguson Ferguson yeah (laughs) it is because it's we've been pretty hyped about that like seven different times i feel like right and so Uh, i think that could finally happen it's a way back for him but yeah everyone is so beat up in this division though right now they really are like there's just like, bombs that went off all over the place in the last couple weeks here speaking of bombs going off just to go back into that fight for a second Holy crap, that uppercut elbow that Yair threw and connected with on Max Holloway had mm. I I like yelped in my in my chair watching that. I it wasn't even a scream. It was like, whoa, like what where'd that come from? That was an amazing there was a couple amazing shots in this fight, like exchanges and it was just so exciting. It was really good fight. And again, it's on free TV. So when one of these things comes out, like last year I think the equivalent to me was what was it, Dustin Poirier and Dan Hooker or two years ago? Yeah, maybe? that was like, like right before something. the pandemic, I think. Yeah, yeah, it was like that kind of fight, you know, where it's just like, wow, this is incredible. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today. To, has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. 
Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Daily Cast listeners, thank you, first of all, for streaming the shows. Be sure you're subscribing. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to pro wrestling podcasts. But while you're at it, if you're not yet, please subscribe to the Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Podcast and Wade Keller Pro Wrestling Post Shows. Search Wade Keller and see two logos pop up, a blue one and a red one. The red logo, the post shows, cover Raw and SmackDown each week with a fast turnaround time of a couple hours after the show's end. And also every Saturday we present a flashback to our analysis from five years ago that week covering Raw. Jason Powell from ProWrestling.net joins me and we analyze what happened on Raw five years ago. So check out that time capsule every weekend. The Blue Logo Show features the Thursday flagship, plus our first-run interviews, our classic interviews, and our mailbag segments. So, again, search Wade Keller and click subscribe to both the Red Logo and the Blue Logo. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. With Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry. Sorry. We're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no. Lucky Land Casino. With cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Yeah. Um, and uh, and as you said, uh, lots of bombs all over the place. The elbows reminiscent of the, the Korean zombie fight. That's what I was thinking of when... Uh, those kicks when that when that went down yeah i mean it's just yeah you're a dude he just has those and he knows how to use them too you know it, there's a lot of people that could be lanky because it's a it's a different style that obviously then you know john jones has reached that he uses in a completely different way uh this is just he's just got these machine guns at the end of his feet and uh and they could take you out i, I kind of think max was kind of the perfect opponent for him though right um to 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 not fall victim to that um, in the way that Max is able to to close the distance and all that, I, I think either way, if he does get a victory out of one of those other two fights, and then he, and then he faces either Max again or uh, or Volkanovski, we we've got about a good year and a half right now in featherweight. If nothing, as long as nothing from the outside messes it up, it's basically the only thing that can mess up uh, the uh, the featherweight division right now. Injuries, weight cuts, all that stuff is really the things. That would uh, that would derail this train. 
Well, uh, and it's, it, sorry, real fast. It's interesting too, because uh, this division as hot as it is. And I, if Max Holloway doesn't win this upcoming fight against Volkanovsky, if he has that, he should do the John Jones route. If he still wants to continue in this and really put on lightweight weight and make a run at that. Cause maybe his power will finally find itself with some muscles or something, but I, I still want to see him at lightweight someday. I mean, he put on a great fight last time we saw him there, but he was just skinny. He, he was out of his element. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's, I mean, I think that's a possibility. And I do think if, if it ever actually happens, I think, um, I think another Connor fight is always going to kind of be on the table with him. That doesn't really interest me for some reason. I don't know why it should, but well, it I, just I th- doesn't. I think it would be. Uh, that, I don't think the, it interests Dana either. The post fight, he was like, you, eh. it'd be hard to make a villain out of Holloway, like in that way of yeah. the the Connor fights. But I always thought, you know, like, you know, outside of these these major title fights or these going up in weight class, the last you know big time defeat for him was that Conor McGregor fight, and that was mm-hmm. you know a big that was a big deal for Conor. I've always wanted to see that. Um, completed i guess um even though even though we have uh we have a piece of it there okay let's move on with the rest of the card we'll get through this fairly quickly because the fighters got through this fairly quickly you have on the uh direct undercard a fight i thought was going to last a whole lot longer but in some ways still lasted too long between marcos hogario de lima Taking out Ben Rothwell, 32 seconds of the first round, TKO due to punches, perhaps most notable for Herb Dean being in and out of this thing, uh, kind of debating when he was going to stop this, and then all the Herb Dean criticism that just flooded uh, social media as soon as this fight was over. What was your take on all this, Rick? I thought it should have been ended, and I thought Marcos looked great. I think Brent Rothwell is the person you want to beat to put yourself in a good position, and so this is good for the heavyweight division. No one's excited about a big Ben Rothwell return. That being said, though, this is not the first time Herb Dean has done this, and people ask Dana White in the post-fight interview, and Dana White even recognized, he's like, I like Herb Dean as a person. He's like, but this guy needs to stop touching people. The fight's not over. Because I can remember at least two other times this has happened with Herb Dean. And it's people can say you got to be decisive, but it's it's just hard because knockouts, fights, there it's not a it's a fluid thing happening in front of you, but that's part of the job. And this seems to be a problem specifically with Herb Dean. Herb Dean has, as good as he is, has had some major flubs. And you know you can't be flawless in there all the time. He's in there a lot, but if you're going to be a high profile ref. This can't happen. Well, and it's it's this specific mistake that he keeps making too. Whereas, yeah. like a guy like Yamasaki was making several mistakes. Uh, Herb Dean, I think, is noted as being the you know he's the he's the top ref um, in the game. But this does keep happening very often in his fights, and it's it's just something he's he's got to improve. Like there's not there's not really a lot of uh, prescription to it other than. Uh, he needs to improve because this is this is one of those things that's um, it's not just a judging issue; it's also a safety issue. Um, someone's going to stop defending themselves whenever uh, you know prompted when they seemingly are prompted by an official. Um, and it's just you know it's the basics of the sport. You know, pr- protect yourself at all times, including after I've called the fight. Uh, you know that that doesn't really work here. Yeah, and he can find himself getting replaced pretty pretty quickly. 
you know, because Mike Beltron doesn't make these mistakes. He's really good too. There's a lot of unspoken or uh, referees that we don't talk about as much that, but are still very, very good at their job. Mm. So, um, you know, you just got to watch it. Who's the guy who was very calm, the older guy who is like, you know, just are you fully aware of all your, your, you know, sight in mind? Like, what was that guy's name? He was in one of the earlier fights, but he's been around for ever. And I, I keep remember, trying to remember to remember his name. And I never can, but he's incredible. Like, <laughs> like there's been some really good guys out there. So, well, I, and in general, like we do talk about officiating a lot. I think the officiating is generally pretty good. I think whenever stuff goes bad, it's usually because we have bad rules, not bad uh, enforcers of the rules. But this is just, this is something that the Herb Dean's got to clean up. Um, okay. Third from the top, you had Felicia Spencer just beating up poor Leah Letson in this fight, uh, eventually getting the the TKO at 425 of the third round. Uh, not not very competitive here, Spencer. Just not uh, very interesting. Really having having her way with her for for three whole rounds. Um, so does, does Spencer get a title shot here? No, she doesn't. <laughs> I mean, maybe. Like Dana even asked. Yeah, he, he's like, we'll see what the champ wants to do. If Manon Nunez doesn't want to fight her, which I don't blame her for, because Felicia Spencer is nothing special talent wise. She just happens to be at the weight, di- you know, the weight that that division is. But if you match her up against anyone else in the bantamweight division, she's just, I personally think, mid level. Right, and and the thing is, the thing's always going to be with featherweight is if again, like Amanda could take a year off from featherweight, and it really wouldn't matter because it doesn't really hold up much else of the UFC. Whereas in another division, if a champion was just um, was just being completely completely negligent, um, yeah, I got, I just have no interest in seeing that fight. And, Zero, and I, yeah. I think the only the only interest Amanda would have if, if like she's you know looking to just get into the octagon and get it easy, get it easy payday. You know, but is it worth it for your legacy or whatever? You, you do it for a payday, but you got to go through camp. You got to stay away from your family. Got to do right. to fight Felicia Spencer. I, right. I, if I was a man in Nunez, I would hold on to the belt, but I wouldn't be very interested in fighting her at all. Like there was, this fight was so boring. <laughs> it was so bad. Her opponent, uh, Leah Litson just didn't seem like she was UFC caliber. This fight wasn't UFC caliber. Yeah. I'm not sure. Uh, yeah. I'm not sure Felicia Spencer is UFC caliber and she was no, miles she ahead she of is. again. Her claim to fame is, uh, like Being Joe, Rog- Joe Rogan somehow, uh, clearly being fed the company line about what to say in a fight against Cyborg, where her claim to fame was she didn't die in that yeah. fight. Um, yeah, it just, I have no, and I, I don't care if it comes off harsh. Like, I just, I want her off my TV. I want fights like this off my TV. And maybe this is a division that just goes away until, generationally speaking, there are fighters who can support it. That mm. happens sometimes in Bellator, you know, like they don't really have a heavyweight division. And I know it's the UFC and they introduce this, but if when Amanda Nunez, if she retires the next year or two, this division's gone. Searching for more great pro wrestling talk? Then join me, Jason Powell, host of the free weekly Pro Wrestling Boom podcast. Each week, you'll hear the latest news and analysis from me and my team at ProWrestling.net along with other pro wrestling media members. Plus, the Pro Wrestling Boom podcast features long-form interviews with notable names in the pro wrestling industry. Subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, Downcast, and all your favorite secondary apps, or visit us directly at PWBoom.com. Once again, that's PWBoom.com. 
Well, it depends where where Kayla Harrison is at that time. I think that what what's Kayla Harrison's weight division though? Is she one forty five? Uh, I think all her fights were in one forty five, weren't they? Like all all her recent fights have all been one forty five. I'm not sure. And I, but... I think I think she's a little. Uh, again, and it may take. It's I'll look that up real quick. But it's it's what you're saying though. Too, uh, it might just have to be a generational thing, where now that there is in the in the major promotions, there is 145 belts. Women of that size would start, you know, compete, you know, looking to MMA. Uh, no, all her fights have been lightweight. Mm-hmm. She's not even 145, and so I just like unless she's willing to lose 10 pounds, which that's a big change, <laughs> you know, to cut that kind of weight when you haven't been. Um, yeah. Yeah. But I, I think if, if she's going to be in the UFC, that would be, if that's in her plans, you know, if that's, I don't even think she'll ever be in the UFC. I think she'll be in Bellator. I think they'll make a man in Nunez do a catch weight or something, but you know, and I don't think Clarissa Shields will ever be in the UFC either. I don't think either of those two ladies will be. Clarissa Shields, I think she fights at 155 too. And uh, when you saw her last fight, she could probably, if she made some adjustments to her training and diet, she could probably make 145 maybe, but she would have to, there would have to be changes because boxers are built very differently than UFC fighters. Well, and then with her, she's she's like so far behind too, to doubt of, of her MMA um, status to to face even even Kayla Harrison at this point would be oh, yeah. a bit of a stretch. So that one's that one's really far down the road. But you could see her fighting Felicia Spencer, can't you? Or yeah, Leah Litson. Yeah, that'd be a little more. Even though I think both those ladies would probably uh, destroy her, but that'd be a little more a little more her speed. Uh, so Chaos Willis, Chaos Willis, Chaos Williams got himself another TKO due to punches in the hell of a fight over Miguel Baza. Yeah, this was good. This was this was really good. I, I I'm always expecting the uh, the KO from Chaos because you know if, if your name is Chaos, uh, which he apparently got illegally changed to. Um, I need a big KO, and I was not disappointed. With Did this, he really? They he were talking about it during the during the broadcast. That he oh, did. I didn't hear that. Yeah. That's so funny. He's like Marvin Hagler. Marvin Hagler had his name legally changed to Marvelous, Marvelous. Marvin Hagler. Yeah. Well, um, Chaos and Kalen, you know, it's fairly close. So. Mm-hmm. By the way, I'm legally naming, renaming myself to uh, Rampage Rick Monzi. So just so you know. Rampage Rick. Yeah. I was well, going to say Rick Rude, but, you know. Yeah. Well, I mean, Ultimate Warrior's legal last name was Warrior when he mm-hmm. passed away, and his kids are all named Warrior. So you've got, you've got that I, going for you. I thought Chaos was probably going to lose this fight until he got the knockout. And the knockout was such a bizarre... Like, again, if that was in front of a live crowd, they would have exploded because it came off of Miguel just slamming Chaos with an, a leg kick and Chaos was all wobbly. And then he goes and knocks out Miguel and was just like, what happened? And by his foot folded too on this. So that was this one, right? Mm-hmm. When his foot kind of folded down. Yeah, I thought it was a leg kick that set it up it was like no he just hit him so hard that his foot crumbled it was crazy it was just a weird spaghetti looking knockout i loved it yeah um and of course speaking of spectacular knockouts uh, we, we got a couple of year from song yadong the 78 year old 25 year old who right. had defeated julio arce with a tko due to head kick and punches 
That was uh, that was a really good knockout, dude. Yeah, Sonny Dong's one of those guys that I, I think we're gonna have we're gonna be like, God, that that guy's life just fell apart after his UFC career. Yeah, because he had like eighty fights by the time he was like twenty four. Right, and it's funny too because when he got that knockout, it was a little bit of a lull in the second round, and I could see my eyes gravitating towards uh, MySpace or uh, whatever the heck, uh, Facebook, whatever those kids are using. If you're, if you're gonna on. lie about, if you're gonna lie about what you're doing, you know, might want to do research a little bit more than MySpace, Rick, <laughs> or uh, uh, Meta or whatever. Uh, I was, Friends, you know, sir. you're definitely on Friends. I, I was looking at on Craigslist, and then bam, the knockout. <laughs> okay <laughs> that was the main card quickly we'll run through the um the prelim card Joel Alvarez defeated Diago Moises TKO great elbows and punches dude th- this is again one of those moments in a fight where it just looks like it's not mixed martial arts and it just looked like Diego Moises was getting beat up by Alvarez <laughs> it was just like meet me in the alleyway I'm gonna kick it, it, it stopped being a a mixed martial arts fight and it was just an onslaught it, it, it's crazy how fast it breaks down it was weird too because alvarez was he caught him like with moises's guard up with an elbow is like through his own forearms the impact and then he just kept throwing those elbows around the guard that was really cool that was remind me of john jones mm-hmm. uh, a lot of good elbows on this night in general it's a big big elbow night uh andrea kjb lee beat cynthia cavallo on the stool uh, Cynthia not going out there for the third round. Big win for Andre. Can we call Lina. Cynthia Cavillo's career pretty much over at this point? It's dead, I mean, right? You've been dying to since like her first fight to declare her right. dead. So. so can we uh, officially? I mean, it, it wasn't it wasn't very much alive. Uh, yeah, but I dug this hole like a year and a half ago. So I'd like to. You you dug it when there was no reason for it to be dug. So you don't really get yeah. any credit for uh, seeing something that wasn't there at the time. Um, but you know, actually, I think the opposite is true. That I should get more credit because I saw it before anyone else did. No, no, it d- doesn't work that way. Um, okay. Now, Sean Woodson defeated Cole Cole Anglin. TKO punch to the body. Think about how painful that is. Yeah. Uh, Courtney Casey and Alana J- uh, Jajua went to decision. This was the one decision fight on the card. Thirty twenty seven. Another fight that had been booked like seventy two times. I swear I've I've talked about this fight um, a lot. Rafael Alves defeating Mark DeCasey with a submission due to guillotine, and we opened with Dan Ung Young defeating Kennedy and Zaku with the uh, elbows in the first round. Another another big elbow finish. This one kind of yeah. wants attention to start off the night. Really did, and um, Dan Ung Young is one of the biggest. South Korean fighters I can remember seeing. He's huge, mm. you know, I- and. Find up and, at, at 205, right? Yeah. I mean, that's great. You know, they're, if he could put some wins together and everything, that would be um, a nice change of pace as far. There's not, like, like we were talking a while ago, there's just not a lot of really successful male Asian fighters right now in the UFC. And so it'd be nice if they got a little influx of something. I don't know. Because it's funny because the sport seemingly kind of came from not South korea but you know not from america and so it just it feels like other countries are kind of coming into the fold a little bit so well i mean there's the japan will always have the national connection Mm -hmm. uh to to mma i think with the on the i don't know how the south korea side works but with the chinese side there is seemingly a bit of a wall between chinese martial arts and mixed martial arts 
and that's what that would have to come down i think uh i think first for that to to really expand um yeah that was that was that's kind of catching everyone's attention and all these finishes made for a long night for uh for anthony smith uh karen bryant and uh Bilal muhammad they had to they had to fill a lot of time on this night <laughs> yeah and they just uh, there's a video of connor laughing at them because they just look so out of place and it's they felt out of place too not just with having to be up there the whole time talking but they just look kind of goofy i don't know why i was with connor laughing when i initially saw them i was like, i don't know i just oh and i felt for them just in general of like you know how much you can you can only prep so much you know what i mean to, to right. fill that kind of time and again if a fight only lasts like 14 seconds how much analysis can you really really give on it I, does I, anyone actually watch those shows like we don't watch those no shows. i was because i was i this is the rare shit time i watched live so as i was flipping back between college football and, and stuff like that i was i was catching little bits of it I launched the Pro Wrestling Torch newsletter as a teenager in high school in the late 80s, and I've been covering professional wrestling ever since. It's been my full-time job since the day I graduated college. And I've followed every technology along the way and tried to be on the cutting edge, and one of them has been podcasting. We were doing podcasts before the word podcast was a word. They were just called audio shows for our subscribers. And a cool feature that we introduced last year are flashback Saturday night editions of the Wade Keller Hotline, where every Saturday night we post... Wade Keller Hotlines, all in one file, a week's worth of shows from 10 and 15 years ago. That means uh, you can listen to what I was saying about the news, about Raw, about SmackDown, about TNA, about WrestleMania hype, WrestleMania fallout, controversies, firings, matches that almost happened, and why they didn't happen. Every weekend on Saturday night from 10 and 15 years ago. For instance, the April 6, 2006 Wade Keller Hotline had a ton of insider news on the Hulk Hogan-Steve Austin dynamic at the WWE Hall of Fame and the prospects of a Hogan versus Austin match and how close it came to happening at WrestleMania 22, what stood in its way, and what the prospects were of it happening in the future, why Steve Austin said what he said about Hulk Hogan at the Hall of Fame during his Bret Hart intro, and what the backstage interaction was between the two of them. That's just one example of some of the fascinating reporting that was going on, likely before you were listening to some of my free podcasts here. So uh, go VIP. It's one of many, many cool benefits that come with a VIP membership. Get details at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. They're just, they honestly have those as... It's almost like paid programming. They acknowledge no one will be watching them. They'll basically be used to be on. They're not even on bars because it's ESPN plus. Most bars don't play ESPN plus because it's an app material. So what is it really there for? Just a fill in fluff time because they weren't prepared. Well, that's just that's what sport. That's what sports programming contains is, you know, a studio show that wraps around the actual content. Cause if it wasn't there, we'd be complaining that they're just showing the same commercial over and over again. So yeah. it, it is, it is something it's not particularly insightful. It never has been even in the, even the FS one days, it was never particularly um, insightful. ESPN right now is struggling a little bit with their studio shows. Um, and they're, they're revamping them constantly. And I, and I what don't do you think mean they're, what do you mean? They're struggling, they're struggling with them. They're constantly. So, um, 
it, this goes really back to the NBA. Uh, NBA on TNT is like the greatest sports studio show of all time. And I'm not even saying that hyperbole. It's you know acknowledged as a really good show. Charles Barkley, Shaq, all those guys uh, doing their thing. And ESPN has like tried to replicate that so often. And they just can't quite get to that point. Um, so it's just, it's a struggle across the board uh, with their sports to to not it. I would I use the analogy of they tend to have the like the WWE pre-show panels are almost exactly like the ESPN ones, uh, almost word for word Ooh. sometimes. Where there's not really a good analysis going on there that you're you're necessarily captivated by. It's just a lot of quick talking points, and then you know thirty seconds in, thirty seconds here, here and here. And uh, and you don't really feel any any smarter for for watching it. And I think with the UFC product, whether it is FS1 or on ESPN, it's even been it's even been worse uh, because the partnership is exclusive. So the version of events that you're getting on those shows is not always the most entertaining or fully um, doesn't always have the full uh, grasp of what it is you you need to be. Uh, you need to be informed on it's it's the least independent i would say of all the sports shows and they all lack some independence but it's the least independent of all their studio shows speaking of independence what do you what do you think about the the rumors circulating around the campfire that daniel cormier was not allowed to be on this broadcast because of his biased commentary did you hear about this no i didn't i, I missed that one yeah so max holloway stated that daniel cormier was originally slated to be commentating on the show but they said that he was too biased and so they didn't let him be on it and i don't know if, if it was in regards to him being too biased to max holloway or that his commentary lately has been biased towards certain fighters but he was taken off and michael bisping was put in his place or paul feld or one of the two but yeah daniel Cormier was originally supposed to be on this broadcast i missed this whole thing did you uh, see did you find it now i find it yeah how did i miss this whole I mean, there. I that that's that news story is right up our alley, though. Yeah. What do you, I mean? What do you think about it? Well, yeah. You take a look. Well, I think that. Yeah, I think Daniel Cormier has been biased, and I've been the. I feel like one of the few people who's complained about him, Joe Rogan, and John Anik kind of hosting a podcast as opposed to calling the action. And I don't want Daniel Cormier not to have a broadcast job. It seems like he's got enough going on as it is. He's got like two separate shows with ESPN, so he doesn't necessarily need it, but I think he does do a good job, but maybe rein in a little bit. And I think Bisming and Felder also have this issue as well, where they go on these side tangents or they try to make a point and they start making the point and they're still making the point 25 seconds later and the fight has moved on and more and better action has happened and you've missed it. Sometimes I think that, these color commentators distract because there's a continual conversation going on that never stops. So you can't really hear or soak in the action. Sometimes I think it'd be better if it just had one guy calling it. Yeah, I can, I can see some of the, the, the merits to that um, a little more Joey styles. Um, I, I think all the former fighters have a tons of biases that you're just never going to be able to, to, to completely weed out, especially when you have uh, current and active fighters involved in it. Um, uh -huh. and, it and it's, di that's different than uh, again, other sports have that as well, but there's always supposed to be this disengagement. Um, you know, that, that was your job then. This is your job now. Cause fighters are never really retired and never really done with what their, with what their MMA career actually is. There's not, there's not as big of a line to switch into your broadcasting career. I think you're going to get that. And it looks like some of the th things I'm reading about is about the, 
the post-fight interview uh, style from Cormier more so than his actual his post. Really? Yeah, that's where it seems like it's it stemmed more from, not the actual things he says during the fights. Um, you know, I I wonder about that because I don't know. Oh, interesting. I don't know how much that actually matters to viewers. I'm I'm, I'm very I'm very curious about that because we see in other sports when they put up um, very uh, partisan broadcasts, even though it's not the not the tradition of how sports are supposed to be broadcast, people do enjoy those kind of things. But I, I wonder if in U.S. in fighting it's a little bit different because you don't have a, a home team you're necessarily rooting for. You have all these individual teams on the same um, on the same event. I, I do think Bisping does a really good job with the post fight stuff. I actually think that's one of that Bisping's better at that than he is with the uh, with his actual commentary. Even though I don't think he's that bad at it. Um, I think Paul Felder is probably worse than Bisping. If I were to choose between the two, I would pick Bisping. Felder's yeah. What's your issue with Felder? You, I think he's one of those guys who makes a point or starts a story and it goes on for twenty five seconds too long. Uh, and by I then, just, there's like been a bunch of kicks, jabs, and takedowns that have happened. Yeah, I just think he's unentertaining. Like it, yeah, there's that, just nothing about him. He's very white toast. Like I think he could actually, if he if he got a little more training, he could be the uh, he, he could actually do the play by play. Like he's more he's he's more polished, I think, as a broadcaster than than some of those other guys as far as an being an actual broadcaster. But for his role as a as a color guy, I don't think he quite hits that as well as the other think, former fighters. I don't think we need two color guys on these fight nights. No, 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 no. I, I, I'm fine with them being a trio on pay per views with if it's Joe Rogan, and then you got someone like Daniel Cormier or give Bisbing it if if there's issues with this DC. But I. Don't think we need him constantly talking when we're having Max Holloway versus Yair Rodriguez. It's like, let us just don't tell us about show us. And by showing us, you mean just shut up for a second. Um, the the three three person commentary booths, I'm just not a fan of in, in sports, wrestling, really anywhere they can work. It works when you have the fighter with Anik with Rogan, because those are three distinct roles, too. That they're that they're right. played in there. You have the you know the traffic cop Anik keeping everything together. You have more of like an analyst type role in uh, in Rogan, kind of like so maybe a voice for the the people that are watching, and then whoever the fighter's perspective is. When you have the two fighters, um, I agree that's when it that's when it doesn't work. That's when it really doesn't work with a guy like Dominic Cruz, obviously, who's going to be arguing um, his points to get right, which is the extreme version of this. As a listener of this show, you can get a 30-day free trial membership to an Audible Premium Plus membership. That's a $14.95 value, which includes one credit. Good for any premium selection titles you like, including new releases, and that is yours to keep. But during that 30-day trial, you can also check out the new Audible Plus catalog, which features podcasts, audiobooks, guided wellness, and Audible originals. Listen all you want, no credits needed. You'll also get a friendly email reminder before your trial ends. Right now, I'm listening to John Arezzi talk about his life in pro wrestling with the New York Mets and in the music business. If you've been listening to this show over the years, you know John is a friend of the show and has lived a fascinating life, hosting a wrestling radio show similar to this podcast in the late 80s and early 90s. And he's done wrestling convention promotions and also uh, promoted shows. He's got stories to tell, and boy, does he tell them in his book. And you can get that with your one credit for free right now. Go to audible.com slash Wade or text Wade to 500-500 
Pick any book you want. Pro wrestling, sports, politics, nonfiction, fiction. Learn about World War I. That's a book I'm currently listening to with my Audible membership. It's called The First World War. I know quite a bit about World War II. Uh, far from an expert, but I didn't know a lot about World War One, And I was just talking to some family members recently about how different World War One and Two were because of technology. It was a fascinating discussion, and I was able to participate because I've been listening to The First World War by John Keegan. So, so you're able to be more part of the conversation when topics come up like that with family and friends when you are listening to an audiobook. So uh, go check out membership. It's free. Just try it for 30 days. See what you think. Audible.com slash Wade or text Wade to... 500-500. You know, it's funny too, is I was watching football with my brother like two weeks ago. Breaking news and Rick watched a game of football. I know. I was so bored. Um, it was cool to hang out with my brother. Um, that being said though, the, I forget what channel it was on, but they only had, and my brother said this, uh, this play-by-play commentator, I don't know what he'd be called, is one of the most hated ones I think it was a, on Fox. So Joe Buck. It was Joe Buck. Yeah, it was Joe Buck. And then uh, who is the football player that usually commentates with him? Troy Aikman. Troy Aikman. I thought that was a really good combination because Troy Buck just called it down the middle and Aikman occasionally said something. But there was a lot of silence in it, and I enjoyed that. So Joe Buck, I think the hatred towards Joe Buck comes more from his baseball commentary, which can be a little dry. Um, I have always been a defender of Joe Buck because exactly for what you're saying, because you're you're not watch you're not listening to the game on radio, you're you're watching it on TV. There is a visual aid. They're just there to put in some of the some of the finer points. It's 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 one of the things I think in a weird way, even though it gets misconstrued, the whole Vince McMahon thing of you're not there to commentate, you're there to tell stories. I think that's actually a good overarching principle on televised sports commentary. You need to be informed enough about what's going on, obviously. And you do need a little bit of, uh, you know, if you're up doing the dishes, you kind of want to hear what's happening, but the, the visual is there for you and it's up to them to, to provide the, the finer points. So I, I'm, I'm a defender of Joe Buck, but I'll, there's a lot of uh, the Joe Buck hate industry is, uh, is pretty prominent. Yeah. That's what my brother was saying, but I enjoyed just not having a lot of chattering happen. I thought Troy Aikman does a good job too. It's weird too. Cause they sound far away for some reason, I guess it's cause the ambience of the football game and everything going on there. There's like referees talking at you at the camera. So that you got to pick that up and that, but and UFC, it sometimes feels in these fight nights, especially like when they go, oh, it's like so loud. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> these commentary, it's almost commentary almost takes over the visual a little bit. And I don't like that. It, it does. And, uh, and I think that happens uh, again. That happens on, on Monday Night Raw. Actually, on older wrestling shows, there's a little too much because they have so many people in the booth that, you know, you got to get your stuff in at some point, And it, it does. It does need to. It does need to need to breathe. Okay, let's go on to next week's card. Um, it's, uh, it came quick here, Rick. Do we have to? <laughs> this one um, at least starts very, early. Yeah, we're going to spend very little time on this one. Yeah. Um, we've had a good string of cards, so maybe it'll just be good. But uh, not a lot to look forward to. And by not a lot to look forward to, we have a fight that I think has been scheduled a couple times and hasn't happened. I would say the returning Misha Tate, but we actually have already seen her return. Can uh, I be once. a complete pig for a second? Sure. Okay. So the, have you seen the poster for it? It's on UFC.com. Uh-huh. Um, okay. There, 
I, I work in the movie industry and also we all have uh, phone apps and stuff. So when we take selfies of ourselves um, or pictures of ourselves, sometimes we might throw filters on or do this or that, whatever their filter they're using on Viera is different from the one they're using on Misha Tate. And the one that they're using on like Viera looks cool in the USC.com website in the poster. She's got like this gray tint to her. She looks like a mm-hmm. character from Sin City and her yellow shirt is popping. But then Misha Tate looks like she's lit much differently. There's no like gray steel tint. She's to her. a different color. She's a different color. She's actually way like not white, but I don't know. It's like this night midnight darkness look. But if you zoom in on the picture, which I did, you see every single detail of Misha Tate's face, like HD quality. And it's just, it's not the most, I'm not saying she looks bad, but she doesn't look nearly as good as Viera. And I'm not even talking like one looks physically better than the other. Just one looks like they were lit well in a studio and was blended with the background. And the other one looks like she was superimposed in this picture. And it's, it's looks like Misha Tate just woke up. Yeah. No, it's poor graphic design. I'm looking at it now. Um, and and it's I, not, I, it, were they it, trying it, to do it to set a contrast? You know, I, I well, and there definitely is a contrast in like Misha Tate. Like when you have things going on in your face, which is quite often happens to all of us, like just air, you know, give me a little airbrush, would you? Like if I was Misha Tate, I'd be like, just give me a once over <laughs> on the computer. But like they're like, no, we're gonna. Not only are we not going to give you a once over, we're going to accentuate every mole every pimple, every, any skin blemish of any kind on this poster. I, I would, if I was Misha Tate, I'd be furious. Like I can zoom in right now over her left eye and she's clearly got a pimple going right there. I don't think I've ever seen a detail on a poster this much before in my life. Oh, well, that, is your, that is your gimmick of posters. Uh, who wins a fight between her and Caitlin Vieira? Oh, um, Vieira. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really have much analysis to do. I just don't think Misha Tate's back. You know, her last fight was against a school teacher and she, she did okay look, in that. She, she got the finish. She didn't look good in that fight. I, she looked, no. she looked like a person who had been retired. Um, she was slow. She was lumbering. I think uh, she's going to look as bad as she, she will in this fight <laughs> as she does in that poster. Yeah. I'm going to go with Vera um, as well to get the victory here. It, her comeback's been weird. I don't know what about it. maybe it's because one you, fight. Maybe it's because you had and you had the other fights uh, get moved down. But it it felt like if some you know some someone like her was coming back that it would be a bigger deal and it just it just hasn't been. I don't know right who's really to blame. The for savior that. of the bantamweight division. Nah. Well, and to be fair, her career has really been built on her animosity of Ronda Rousey. But as soon as she made it on her own, she lost the title. Mm. She's never really been this pioneer fighter or she's been pioneer because she's she started around the time when it started booming everything but if you actually look at her accomplishments when she's on the big stage they're not like she didn't really beat Kat Tagano I think or she got beat by Kat Tagano that's right yeah she lost she didn't even do that so I can't really besides the Holly home fight you can't really tell me there that's the Misha Tate moment Mm -hmm. she had one which is fine but that was like 20 years ago she's got the whole thing of uh She's the only fighter to get knocked down three times and win a fight and all that. Um, I mean, I tough. think, yeah, but I mean, every fighter's tough. Like, yeah, <laughs> I, I, we haven't met a weak fighter yet. <laughs> That's somebody like that guy's. Misha that Tate, guy's, used, you know, soft. where she used to hope, host USC pay per views, though, right? People would sponsor her to come. 
at the uh, at the uh, gentlemen's clubs. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. that's why I know. So that's I I think more about that. Not that that is a tarnish on your legacy or anything, but like I would when I'd be in Vegas like eight years ago, I'd always see Misha Tate hosting fight night party at blah blah blah. I'm like, oh. Okay. I, I think I mean I think she is she is important to the the history of UFC. She is yes. a she is a central character there. Yes. Um but it's also I think that is kind of also like um I don't want to even discredit her because she did win a lot of fights and that, that fight with Holly Holm is a really good fight. Um but there's she's a tier below obviously and everyone like so of the other sort of historic bantamweights, uh Amanda Nunez beat everyone. Ronda Rousey kind of got this boom going she's just kind of i don't know she's the triple h of that group if those if those are like the rocket austin she's the i'm she's trying the, to think of an the, mma the, equivalent the, the, she's the supporting she character yeah because um, she, she's not even i mean can we say she's daniel cormier not really no Be- because i think cormier's cormier just couldn't, couldn't beat one guy um i don't know maybe she, is she uriah faber i mean she did get a title uriah so faber is a great analogy she's a uriah faber of the bantamweight division yeah she's popular um yeah that's good that's good, the best analogy that good, you could you know, have made good um good enough to get title uh shots not necessarily to uh to always convert on them Are you a fan of New Japan Pro Wrestling? Then join the New Japan Pride podcast starring Bethany Rubel and Javier Machado with an eye for the action and an eye for the story. We'll keep you abreast of all New Japan shows both in Japan and also covering their American expansion with New Japan Strong. And I'll watch all the Yano matches so Bethany doesn't have to. And I'll watch all of the Ibushi matches. Wait a minute. I didn't script that. <laughs> Listen to our weekly podcast exclusively with the PW Torch VIP membership. Become a member at pwtorch.com slash go VIP. Um, okay, and then the, probably the sleeper of this one is Michael Chiesa and Sean Brady. Um, Michael Chiesa having the, the commercial uh, going down lately. Was, you know, with sure him and Gaethje. Yeah. Um, hadn't thought about Michael Chiesa in a long time, although we bring him up quite often. Going against the undefeated Sean Brady. Uh, Sean Brady, does he get to make his name off of Michael Chiesa here? I hope so. Yeah. We need some new blood in here. I'm Michael Chiesa hasn't really sparked my interest in quite a while. So I hope he has a successful career and commercials. But besides that, I, I don't see him blowing up the welterweight division, even though he is number six. He's, he's good in like those... Uh, those pre-fight panels i like him in there that's a good spot for him uh nothing doesn't really do you any good in the octagon uh you got honey yaya against kung yo kang joanne wood not calderwood against uh talia santos and davy grant versus adrian yanez not a lot no joanne calderwood keeps being a thing that the ufc wants to happen but it just it's not happening my friends i'm sorry let's see well where she's a Oh, she's coming off a loss to lo- to your girl Lauren Murphy. So yeah, I know that was supposed to be during Calderwood's launching point. If but, she but gets like prior a, a to dominant, that, had been yeah. Jessica I. Uh, so that's like the Rick Monty bracket right there. It really is. What happened to Jessica I? Is she even still around? Uh, I'm sure she'll get like a title shot or something. Probably. She might have. What's what is going on with Jessica I? Let's see. Uh, she's on a three fight losing streak. Uh, 
Okay, yeah, so about right. title shot coming soon for her, I'm sure. Yeah. Okay, Rick, that's that card. Let's uh, let's pivot to some pro wrestling, if you will. Oh, did you want to talk about Bellator real fast? Chris Cyborg killed her opponent. Okay. There we go. We talked about, uh, Aaron Pico got a win, too. We should note that um, as well. That's not insignificant. Um, and for Pico, that's actually, at this point, five in a row. Ooh. Which is yeah, I mean he, he fights often, and we've criticized him uh, for that. But right now he's got a record of nine and three. And the veteran Aaron Pico um, over here. That's so crazy. Curious to see. Yeah, it isn't that isn't that crazy. Curious to see again. And we saw it last time when when the competition went up a little bit. He did uh, he did struggle, but we'll see if uh, if he's kind of rebuilt his career. Went to decision on this one. Which I'll admit I didn't see, so I can't. I don't really have good analysis on it. But prior to that, you know, he was just uh, starching people in all those other all those other wins. So I'd be curious to to go back and watch this actually to see how he did um, going the full the full three rounds. Um, okay, that's Bellator. We're off on Bellator till December, which we have a pretty really? good yeah December third, uh, but. It's a pretty good fight that we have at that point with Sergio Pettis and Kajoro Horiguchi. That uh, that'll actually be like pretty entertaining. So, looking forward to that one. Hopefully, it stays together. There's also another Pettis uh, like cousin in the pipeline. Just be aware of that. There's 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 more Pettises coming. Oh, good. Um, okay. So Rick uh, had a good day yesterday. Got to tell oh, you, yeah? yeah. Woke up, uh, did some errands in the morning, watched uh, a whole bunch of uh, UFC all the way through. Mm-hmm. And then watched four hours of AEW full gear, and then even close it off with some New Japan. So, um, what's was, it like to go from that main event to going to pro wrestling? Uh, refreshing. Really? Yeah, it is because it was like um, the the could because the hype was so big on the AEW show. Um, though I had a little bit of antsiness even watching that main event, even as good as it was, because my focus really was on the AEW show, but also. Um, that, that, that's the thing. Like I, I need pro wrestling and MMA to both coexist in the world because I think there's a certain contrast that both of them provide, um, that, uh, that's useful. And so, uh, so it was a, it was a good, it was a good change of pace. It was a change of pace, but a really, really good and welcome change of pace. Hmm. So you did not see the card, right? No, I, I read what happened, but I did not actually watch it, which is a bummer too, because it was in the movie theaters, but I had a date night. I, I was so update on uh on uh ability to watch these cards i don't know what was going on with my bleacher report app on my tv and on my uh tablet i was having a hell of a time i thought okay can i order this on fight and i can't order the on fight in america till the next day so it was like shoot i had to break down i went traditional pay-per-view uh, got it on my got it on my cable box which by the way oh, I, for, wow. I forgot what an, how much better of an experience that is <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't have to worry about streaming or anything. Yeah, it's funny. It's and this is a bigger conversation, but I think about this all the time. Like all these sports entities need to offer a streaming option for viewing, but they should really tout how much better it is to not watch stuff on streaming. Just like how how much how much nice it was to to channel flip uh, to to get everything. And then so far, it's still on my DVR. I know it, at some point it will um, it will disappear, but it's still sitting there. So I got to rewatch parts of it this morning. So I got to tell you, Rick, um, mm-hmm. I, I don't think this was like the greatest pay-per-view of all time or any any of that. Um, but this was this is going to be on the list again when we talk about the shows of the year. 
this was a a very very good show. The only the biggest criticism I have, I have two overarching criticisms, and then uh, some more in between. You know, in the weeds is um, there was a little too much on here. Uh, kind of had a, a little bit of that WrestleMania feel, where yes, everything was pretty good, but um, we could have used a little bit of time management. Where uh, where like this morning when I rewatched a lot of the stuff without the fatigue, a lot of it came across a little bit better. It was. Just, I heard it, that tag matches didn't need to be there. The one yeah, they, they could have. Yeah, that that one specifically. If you if you just cut away from that, um, and then and then just uh, switch some times there. Also, the finishes as far as the booking, I think made a ton of sense on this night. Uh, there was a few times where the actual execution of the finishes was was a little odd. But as far as the the wrestling bell to bell, all of this was was really really good. Um, only one debut, uh, the debut of uh, of Jay Lethal. So so we got that to talk about. But I didn't it was see that uh, coming. Well, we didn't prepare for that though, because all these ROH guys are you know basically free agents now. I, I don't see Jay Lethal making big waves, so it's sad to say, but Jay Lethal is like not one of the number one ROH guys forever and ever and ever. I just, how do you think he does? I think in AEW. I think he's he's like he's like below where where like um he's got he's gonna have a similar role to like what Punk has now, but like below that, where we just put him into interesting matchups, and he can he can have good matches, but I don't think he's gonna be a featured or or a focused guy. I think, you know, a lot of people associate his, his title reigns in ROH being, you know, around the time of, of interest going down in ROH. I think he's a very good wrestler. Uh, plus there's, you know, the baggage that kind of come along, comes along with him as well. So I don't know how, I don't think he'll be super, super featured. I think they just, they needed to have one of their sort of surprises. And this is, I mean, this is better than Christian or the big show or some of those other misses they had earlier right. on. Um, but I, I don't see him having this big, big effect. Even though he 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 will have a match right off the bat on uh, on Wednesday night. I mean, he's a good wrestler. He's just there's something about him charisma wise that's never quite clicked unless he was doing impressions of Macho Man, which is very mid court. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, so I'll, I'll break down parts of the card just here or there, and Rick, just jump in um, okay. whenever you want to make a comment or. Uh, discuss things, and I'll just go from uh, from top to bottom here, starting with um, a match that, that was a bit of a sleeper for me that turned out to be very good. I wasn't expecting much out of MJF and Darby Allen, and they put on they put on a heck of a match. MJF continues to improve um, his wrestling ability. Obviously, you know, probably from um, you know you could debate it's it's him and Roman Reigns as the two best heels in wrestling right now, um, and uh, and he's he's even more detestable. At that, um, at 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 that way, uh, and then Darby Allen generally has um, pretty good matches, even though it looks like he's gonna die in the middle of every one of his matches. Aloha, Torch Faithful. This is Kelly Wells, host of PWT Talks NXT. Every Thursday, you can hear me and my gang of idiots, Tom Stout, who shares thoughts from the live tapings, and Torch recapper Nate Lindbergh, as well as a rotating cast of guests, cover the matches and events in NXT Live on USA Network. Search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or your podcast app to subscribe, or listen on demand and see the entire PW Torch Daily Cast schedule at pwtorchdailycast.com. Cheers! That flying where he just falls backwards move is incredible. Yeah, that coffin drop. It feels yeah. like, though, you only got so many of those in you, right? 
Yeah, it, it's like it's not as bad as Cactus Jack elbow off the apron onto the floor, but it could be. Mm-hmm. Especially uh, when he misses it. Yeah, yeah, because it's just it's just that thud. He does ha- he had a suicide dive in this match though that was just on point. Like, remember when everyone was doing those like five years ago and they were all terrible? Like the you know the right. Mox- the Moxley ones, the famous one where he just kind of falls out of the ring. <laughs> yeah. yeah, this this one he hit him and like ow that that looked like that hurt the opponent, which is a which is a good thing to have. Um, from there we had the the tag title match, uh, another really good match, the Lucha Brothers. Um, kind of impossible for them to have a, a a bad match against the FTR guys, Harwood and Cash. Um, another good match, weird weird finish with them trying to you know fake out who the legal man is and all that. They got a li- this one they got a little too cute with the finish, but still um, a very good match. And uh, with uh, FTR holding the AAA titles, uh, there's more matches down the line. And uh, mo- most promotions actually, even WWE, when they try. Tag team wrestling is generally like the funnest part of a show, and this right. was right up there with the with the top of the card. Of, the last pay per view, their tag match against Young Bucks is the best part of the whole pay per view. Yeah, that might yeah that might be the match of the year um, when it's all said and done. This wasn't quite that, but still um, still very good. Yeah, I, I really I, at some point I want to see you know uh, especially uh, Penta in a you know main event singles feud, but for the time being, I think I think we're fine uh, with him on the tag side. Uh, next match was a bit of a letdown to some people. Uh, Brian Danielson and Miro. Uh, Daniel- Danielson winning by technical submission at 20 minutes and 6 seconds. This does make him the number one contender, though. This was the the finals of the tournament. Of course, this, this spot originally for Moxley, um, but for obvious reasons, Moxley had to withdraw. Was it a bad match? Uh, I just think the, the expectations kind of got a little out of hand for this, and it turned out to be a more of a slow uh, lumbering and almost like WWE style, like good match. Then, Do you think uh, it's Miro's fault? I, I I seen some of the people put the blame on him. Like, oh, was he the heel? Was he calling? I I don't know what it was other than maybe it was an attempt to pace out the card. Uh, you know, to not give everything right here. So I don't I don't know, I don't know who's to blame for that one. Well, and maybe the opener is to blame. You think like because it just where they went so yeah, and that's balls to the wall. Uh, Zach pointed that out on Twitter that like you know the crowd too was like dead because they had uh, so much to go off of in those first couple of of matches. Uh, we had another tag, the Falls Count Anywhere tag. Uh, this one, Christian Cage, Jurassic Express, defeating the Super Click, of course, Adam Cole and the Young Bucks. The Young Bucks continuing their ridiculousness of uh, of how they dress and stuff. They had purple beards on this night, <laughs> which was something else. Oh really? Uh, getting the Minnesota thing. So this had an interesting uh, finish. Was like. Um, uh, what's his name? Jungle Boy is uh, too uh, too nice of a guy to do a concerto, and but in the end he actually does the concerto, <laughs> and uh, it's like Christian's gonna do it, and then no 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 he steps aside, and it's it's Jungle Boy has to uh, has to give his opponent CTE. Uh, a little disappointing that this is kind of the the first pay per view match for Adam Cole, but there was a lot going on here. Like like you know some acts were gonna have to be kind of pushed uh, to the side now. With that said, the oh, Mad- I'm, so- I'm sorry. You, uh, so with Cody Rhodes, is he booed because the fans love to hate him, or do people really just want him off their television? He's got he's got Cena heat right now, which which is why he's just pushed too hard. He is uh, he's a baby face, and everyone wants to boo him. Gotcha. Because yeah. I heard they were chanting some profane things at him. They were, and that's where we go next. So for that. So for several reasons, this next match could have been the one that's cut. The build was like a one-week build. 
Doesn't make a lot of sense. Match wasn't very good. And the Cody stuff is just, it's gotten to the point of awkward now um, with Cody. And it's, 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 it's weird because he was those first, that first year of AEW, I think he was the highlight of all the pay-per-views. Yeah, I thought so too. And it probably all starts and ends with his Nick tattoo. Well, I mean, that's, that's obviously a demerit. It's just, he, okay. Early on in AEW, he was, he was in bad faith. I think accused of, um, doing a Triple H Jeff Jarrett impression, uh, which there was some truth to that, but people were into him. So that, that was always a counter to that yet. But eventually, I think uh, through some of the storylines and just through the acquisition of other talent, people cooled on Cody. And he's kind of kept the same character. He had, remember I, I remember I told you about six months ago, maybe the worst promo of all time. And I still stand by that. It was just a really bad promo. And he's kind of really never recovered from that stuff. So now he's, he's super baby face still. But he's getting booed, and so it has the weird sort of like oblivious tones to it. Yet, yeah, like they right. haven't they haven't leaned into it in like a Cena way, where you know at some point with Cena they're like, okay, let's take this and, and make this part of you know let's make this part of the heat. So um, it's getting awkward. We'll see what happens. There's a lot of chatter. You know, is is this a, a long term journey where he's rolling you into a big hill turn? Is he just staying face? Uh, what's the deal? I know there's so much resentment towards him, towards his reality show, towards Brandy. The, a lot, a lot of resentment after so much goodwill um, that you know, goodwill that literally started this company, but they just right. c- kind of need to to change course. Uh, I think you know from everything you hear, he's still pretty smart in the booking. Like he's probably the guy you want running your wrestling creative. Uh, but just like Triple H, you, he might run creative, but you don't necessarily want him to book himself. Yeah, and do you think he can negatively affect the company with people just disliking him this much? It depends. Um, it depends how 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 much oxygen is dedicated to his to him because you know AEW is a fan friendly promotion. They pride themselves on that. They pride themselves on not having these kind of things often. Where you know, whereas WWE, you're watch you know you're watching a show that's not even intended for you as the audience. Um, if it ta- if it starts taking up so much real estate on this show, I think it could lead to a backlash uh, to the company. Okay. Uh, from there, we uh, transitioned into the only uh, female singles match on the on the card as Britt Baker defended against Tay Conti. Pretty good match, although the crowd was just a little, I think, fatigued from we had gone to the you know uh, the hour uh, almost to the two hour mark at this point, and then I think they uh, they were having so much fun booing Cody that it took a little while for them to to get back into this. Once this got going, though, this was. Uh, this was a pretty good match, um, but 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 nothing more than like a maintenance match. Like this is not this is not the big end end game in the women's division, and you have the you know the TBS title tournament still happening. Um, there's uh, there's there's more meat on the bone than what they what they kind of showed tonight. And then Rick, we get to we get to the heavy hitters, the three matches that uh, that we're all here to talk about. Of course, I'm pretty sure they booked this for you. CM Punk versus Eddie Kingston in their mm-hmm. match. Uh, because the storyline is basically because I love Eddie King. CM Punk is is you in this feud. <laughs> Talking about that he's a bad wrestler. He's, he's probably like, pretty dangerous, and under, that no one likes him. Underachiever. Yeah, that was that's basically the storyline. Um, with that said, that AEW crowd right now is so hot for Eddie Kingston. So you you basically you had sort of a pseudo heel in Punk on this uh, in this match, um, but Punk played his part perfectly 
in that. Like it's it's easy for because Punk generally isn't you know smiling, happy, babyface. He was sort of able to do you know rock at WrestleMania 18 and transition to sort of be the heel as this match uh, was uh, was going down. And it was just it was just a fight. That's that's all this turned out to be an 11 minute fight. Didn't need to go 20 minutes. Glad it didn't. Glad it didn't start with a lockup. That would have really like made me angry. Uh, because it didn't need to. No, it started with the spinning back fist from Eddie Kingston laying out mm-hmm. Punk. Um, punk bladed. I was trying to think. I couldn't remember Punk ever blading in WWE. So I, I don't know if this is the first time he's bladed since the Raven feud. It it may be. Yeah. Yeah, I saw pictures of him all bloody. I was like, oh, wow. And, and if, if the blade job was bad, I, I was thinking like, well, Fry uh, hasn't done it that often, you know, in his. Right. He you know, just carved a hole in his head. Right. He'd been in WWE since 2008. And in that whole time, you've had basically had no blading policy. Um, so it, it would have been a long time since uh, since he had he had bladed. But still, uh, again, not a not a technical classic. This reminded me of you know some of those Cody matches on those early uh, AEW shows that people were really into. Just just kind of a fight. And at the end, they they were booing Punk pretty heavily in the match just because they were it was such a pro Eddie Kingston crowd. Uh, but Punk did get a nice reaction. Was all said and done um, at the end of this thing. And so that, would you say it was a good match? Yeah, no, this match of the night, I think, like by far. Need an extra dose of positivity in your wrestling podcasts? Well, come join me, Alan Forel, over in the Pro Rest Paradise at Peter Torch VIP as we bask on the bright side of wrestling and focus on some of the great matches and shows from around the world, be it the US, Japan, Europe, or Mexico. There's always a place for wrestling's past in the paradise too, and we've done fun historical shows such as the We Love Liger series, celebrating the glorious career of Jushin Thunder Liger, and our I Was There When shows, where a guest will join me to talk about a classic bout that they were in attendance for. We love variety, and you can expect lots of it at the Pro Rest Paradise. Detailed PW Torch VIP subscription information and a list of all the VIP benefits is available at pwtorchvipinfo.com. And yes, all VIP podcasts are compatible with popular podcast apps on iPhone and Android devices, or you can stream them directly from our ad-free VIP mobile site. See you in the paradise. Uh, from there, you had the uh, the MMA influence of the evening. The inner circle, of course, Jericho, Hager, and then Proud and Powerful um, with Santana and Ortiz and Sammy Guevara. They defeated the men of the year with all ego Ethan Page and your boy Scorpio Sky. And, of course, American top team, Junior Dos Santos, Andre Orlovsky, and Dan Lambert. Dan Lambert looked freaking ridiculous. It was awesome. Have you seen the photos of this, Rick? No. Are they good? He's in a sweatsuit. Uh, with a headband ready to, you know, like, oh, just, funny. just ridiculous. Uh, this match started out a little clunky when it was like the regular wrestling portion of the match. Uh, you had you had a section with Junior Dos Santos out there, and it was like, oh no, don't, let's not do this again. We already saw Junior Dos Santos' punches no, from a few poor, weeks ago. Poor Junior. Yeah, and I was thinking that too because you know he is sort of a sentimental favorite. And then I'm like, man, Orlovsky just fought like two weeks ago. What the hell is he doing out here? Right. I was thinking as as it was going down. But uh, once it started with the chaos uh, section of the match, uh, it was all pretty fun. Um, just a basic, you know, like uh, fight all over the place uh, brawl, Minneapolis street fight. Um, so 
what does that mean, right? When the, you know every city has their name of the street fight. Well, in this case, a lot of the weapons were purple. There was a prince symbol, and the commentators had Minnesota factoids related to all the plunder that they were using. Oh, funny. So that that was pretty good. Jericho getting the win. Um, God, WWE would never do anything like that nowadays. It doesn't you know, like ever matter where they are. I mean, they they will on occasion, but um, th- yeah, they wouldn't put that much effort into it. Of you know him literally hit, hit, uh, Jericho pulling out a prince symbol and hitting the other guy with it and the right. crowd chanting purple rain like you know when is you know when is that ever gonna happen so that was that was the Wade Keller memorial match uh, Wade was there and he's not well yet, there you but, go but it was a, a tribute to Wade uh, the MMA guys looked fine though once once they got going they I mean they weren't great there was a I think like a moonsault that uh, Junior attempted and almost killed himself on Oof. and uh, Junior did do a pretty good superplex but uh, I think. Uh, I think they need to they need to bring in Kane Velasquez and a little more training for our uh, yeah our MMA uh, MMA guys there. And then the main event where this all culminated, we got a new champion after nearly a year. Hangman Adam Page defeated Kenny Omega twenty five thirty five. I went rewatched the match again this morning. It was a better match than what I remembered it being last night. But it was it was kind of like kind of like Michaels and Austin at fourteen. The match could be good, could be bad. Really was not consequential. The whole point was the the result. Mm-hmm. You know, people people came, people showed up on that night, um, theoretically, to see Adam Page be crowned champion. And a lot of people with their theories early on, they're not going to do it. They shouldn't do it. Maybe it's the wrong. No, no, no. You can't put these things off. If Lex Luger and Roman Reigns have taught us anything, when a guy's hot, just put the belt on him. You don't need to wait to the to the absolute perfect time. Plus, the storyline's been building literally since the first show AEW ever put on the the championship quest for for Hangman Page. And uh, I was actually kind of pleased that this wasn't a five star match. And what I mean by that is I was kind of again the show was long. I really wasn't in the mood for you know one of the Kenny Omega marathon matches. Plus, I I didn't think it would quite serve uh quite serve the storyline of the story they were trying to tell. I think they needed to have a really good but basic match and you had Callis getting involved and and, and all that and uh, ended up with the uh, I'm not sure if it was Nick or Matt. I can't think of which young buck. You know cuz that's part of the storyline too and he just sort of gave his nodding approval before uh Hangman hit his finishing move like okay, we're not going to get involved in this, which is kind of a nice touch to to wrap up the storyline and he gets the pin. Dark Order comes out, lifts him over the shoulder like he's the victorious champion. And uh, and finally, a two-year storyline culminated. Adam Page is uh, is now your ch- is now your champion. Now you so now you have actually one of the young guys in AEW is the champion. We've had Omega, Moxley, Jericho hold the title now as the fourth champion they've had. Now they have one of the one of the up and coming guys. One of the pillars um, is uh, is your champion. And his I don't know if his first official opponent, but his next big opponent obviously is Brian Danielson. So that's kind of what the future lays out. Kind of makes you appreciate Danielson versus Omega a little bit more. The fight they had on TV, because that now that's not going to be. Ever think a lot of people assumed that they would have a rematch for the for the title again on a pay per view or something. But I mean, they still can have a match down the road. But I don't know. That was a smart play. I thought that was a mistake for them to do that in Danielson's first match. But obviously, in retrospect, it it was a good move and a feud with him and Paige. Well, how they executed it, it kind of worked out, and it's. It's yeah. hard too because this this feud. It, I mean, the Omega uh, Hangman feud felt like it was it peaked like four months ago, but then all these acquisitions came in, and so the focus right. the focus left. But they 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 were able to hold the momentum enough, and then him actually being off of TV, I think, helped. 
um, with his paternity leave. That way he wasn't just like feuding with, you know, whoever when it's like his focus should like he's only been focused on the title and that worked. Um, some concerns about his first opponent being, you know, Brian Danielson. One of the biggest uh, wrestlers in the world. <laughs> yeah, you're going to de- devalue, you know, right now he's he's the he's the uh, hangman is the super face, right? Like there's no, you know, there's no ambiguity to his character or anything like that. He's just, you know, super face champion. Um, is you know, is he going to get booed in his first feud against right. Brian Danielson? Uh, Maybe Tony, give him a heel. Yeah. Yeah. You would think, um, uh, yeah. So I think, I think Tony Khan's just going, can I have the best match possible? Which if you so to me though, in this whole situation, that would have been a good spot for your other new acquisition in Adam Cole, who is a heel, who he could have, um, you know, a great, great match with. Maybe they want Daniel. You can't have two guys with long hair go against each other. It's a ratings killer. It's true, Every, true. Everybody knows that. Absolutely, absolutely. I do think though this will be Danielson's first loss, um, unless they unless they yeah. they have a short title run. Which is, I mean, that maybe that's the idea. Yeah, maybe it, that. And it, it, that'll be fine. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dan- I don't think Danielson ever actually needs to be champion. Hmm. I, yeah, I don't know about that, but you you could be right. Uh, if he's never going to be champion, though, only have him fight for the title like twice. Don't have him right. lose over, you know, if he's not. Because, and I think that's fine to have a promotion where very few people hold the title. I think that's actually a good thing. Plus, you have a secondary title in the company that, you know, someone like Danielson can hold. And right now, the role of Daniel, even though Danielson is going to have the title match coming up, Danielson and Punk both have the role of, hey, it's cool that these guys are here. Let's see them wrestle people. And yeah, I think I think you can you can hold on to that while you have uh, yeah, Adam Page and you still have Omega around and you have the Guevara's and and MJF and all these all these guys. Yeah, I think I would have leaned towards having him go up against a heel um, in his first feud, but we'll see how it goes. It'll be interesting, you know. I'll tune in, probably. No, you won't. <laughs> you don't watch wrestling. No, you won't. <laughs> I uh, I believe we have Survivor Series coming up this weekend, but I'm uh, I'm like a week behind on on WWE oh, programming. Really? So, uh, um, oh, you got your AEW review, so that's, that's I did, that's and that was my that talk. was my that was my focus uh, this week. Rick, did you have any other focuses this week? Uh, I'm working a bunch. Uh, I worked a bunch last week. I worked going to work a bunch this week, but I am excited for as far as entertainment goes. Tiger King season two comes out in the middle of next week. So what is that? That'll be, be fun. Like, well, Carol Baskins won't be in it. She's, she's got her own show on the learning channel or something like that. It, it's, I actually saw it on the, the menu of Disney plus or sorry. Um, Disney plus. Wow. No, Discovery plus. And it's called like Carol Baskin, the lies of Tiger King or something. No one cares about <laughs> to her rebuttal so, to, yeah, so we'll see. I guess there's a lot of footage. I don't know. I'll watch it. It probably won't be as good. It'll be like some people liked making a murderer season two. I really didn't. Mm. I, I mean, I, I liked it enough to where they brought up some interesting points in this and that, but it felt kind of like you were just spinning the wheels and that it could have been, could have been a shorter season. And I'm, I'm hoping that this doesn't feel like halfway through where it's like, eh, okay, we've all, we get it. But then again, some of the characters in Tiger King who are real people, I just they're so interesting. I've seen I've seen that show so many times over and over. It will be it'll be worth it just to see some of these guys back. So. Yeah, um, well, it's, it's like I'm trying to see the the thing here. If there's gonna be is it gonna be like a follow up? Like when was it shot? You know, was it shot? 
post. Some of it is original footage from the first season. Yeah. See, and that's the thing. Like I loved, obviously, and we had a nice text thread about it. You know, Tiger King was an awesome early pandemic entertainment. If there's any criticism of it, it's probably like an episode or two too long. Like it it does Mm. stretch out a little long. So I don't know how much more we really needed, but I'll be watching it. Yeah. You know, I, I think that I'll definitely give it a try, you know, so it's free TV. It's free as far as I'm always going to have Netflix, so it's there. So why not? Yeah, it's kind of cooked into your budget, right? Having Netflix. Um, and uh, and I watched a lot of pro wrestling this uh, last couple of a lot of non WWE pro wrestling. Even watched some New Japan last night before I went to bed, so I don't have much new to report there. Rick, any parting words? Oh wait, 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 wait. Hope you guys are still listening. We did get an email this week. Oh, it's very. We have to break this email down too. Hey guys, it's Valentin from Russia. Your MMA and pro wrestling fantasy conversation made me think about one fight I'd like to see. I'd like to see a fight between Wade Keller and Dave Meltzer. I'm sure a longtime martial arts practitioner Wade would beat Dave. Thanks as always. So Wade versus Dave. <laughs> Who do do we got in this one? On the one side, you have lifelong martial artist Wade Keller. Stays in great shape, obviously. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you have Dave Meltzer, who's just yoked beyond belief. You know, he's in his man's in his sixties, and he's just you know just running through with veins coming off of uh, coming off his forearms. Who do you got, Rick? Double DQ. Double DQ. Yeah. Okay. Who do you got? Uh, take it. I'm a company man. Wade. <laughs> yeah, Wade. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's good. His, his speed, uh, athleticism. I think he's uh-huh. a little bit younger uh, than Dave. Dave gets some early shots in early, I, but then maybe I he think, punches himself out. I think Wade will throw a kick at the same time that uh, punch is thrown, and they both knock each other oh, out. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's good. And then, like, uh, you know, I'm trying to bring in all the other wrestling media into a, to avenge the loss of. of It'll be the ref of this. Mark Madden. Uh, oh God. Uh, well, it's, Mark Madden would be biased toward uh, toward Wade. So um, I'm trying to th- like so 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 a neutral party. Mm-hmm. Matthew. Well, yeah, Matthew would be would be a good uh, would be a good. Not- I think you need I think you need someone who detests wrestling media. Um, so we'll get mm. like we'll get like Bruce Pritchard or someone like that to be the ref. That way he he doesn't have he doesn't favor either one. He's just angry at both of them. Maybe Eric no Eric Bischoff and Wade might be a little too close. So yeah, I think yeah. That, that's a good we'll, one. Right we'll, there, we'll, yeah. bro- brother Love will be a who does the commentary? Uh, Cornette, of course. Okay. Yeah. And then the alternate commentary is ICP, just like in the Contender series. <laughs> I don't know why. I just thought it'd be fun. <laughs> okay. Uh, Rick, any parting thoughts on yep. that note? That's it. <laughs> yeah, there's not really much to say beyond that. Um, if you want to interact with me on Twitter, go ahead and follow me on there, Rob M. Vallejos, R-O-B-M-V-A-L-L-E-J-O-S. If you want more pro wrestling analysis, all the stuff we talked about, but in much greater depth, go to pwtorch.com. And if you want that to even be further analyzed you will go ahead and go vip get that top shelf audio had a different vip roundtable with tyler sage our friend zach hadorn and rich fan because uh you had todd and wade both at the uh the pay-per-view 
last night, so they couldn't uh, fire up a VIP audio show. So we got some different voices on the round table this week. And of course you can always. The kids always, are taking over. Yeah. Yeah. The, the revolution is coming. The, the, it's, uh, it's going to happen. All of us who are like, you know, in our mid forties, we're the, we're the young guns, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> but that is going to do it for us this week. So for Rick, I've been Robert. We are done. We're out of here. Stay safe. And we will talk to you next week. Have you subscribed to the PW Torch Daily Cast yet? It's a free daily podcast with shows throughout the week dedicated to Ring of Honor, All Elite Wrestling, Impact Wrestling, Major League Wrestling, NXT, and MMA Talk for Pro Wrestling Fans. That's Monday through Friday. And on Saturdays, check out the Deep Dive with Rich Fan, where he examines a single topic in depth. And then Sunday nights, it's Wrestling Night in America with Greg Parks. You can listen live or download the show later at pwtorchdailycast.com. Just click on the live stream link. He takes your calls talking about wrestling's biggest events, either ones that just took place or previewing shows that are right around the corner. And on Sundays when WWE runs pay-per-views, he's live right after the pay-per-view at pwtorchdailycast.com, reviewing the show and taking your calls. That's the PW Torch Daily Cast lineup. Just search PW Torch in Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to your wrestling podcasts or visit our homepage to download or stream the shows or find out more information, pwtorchdailycast.com. now on patreon that's right you can support us and get benefits at patreon.com slash pwtorchvip that's patreon.com slash pwtorchvip we have three tiers four dollars and 99 cents six dollars and 99 cents and nine dollars and 99 cents the first tier gives you all the wade keller pro wrestling podcasts and post shows and the pw torch daily casts with the ads and plugs removed that membership tier also includes the VIP after shows that on occasion we put on extended versions for VIP members at the end of the Wade Keller shows and daily casts. And it's compatible with the Apple Podcast app and any other third-party podcast app out there, or you can stream the shows directly from your Patreon app or the Patreon website. Or you can upgrade to Tier 2 for 2 extra dollars a month and add the Wade Keller hotline to the mix, a daily podcast just for VIP members who support us. Or you can upgrade to Tier 3 and get... All the Wade Keller podcasts and post shows and daily casts with the ads and plugs removed and the VIP after shows and the Wade Keller hotlines, plus all the other VIP exclusive podcasts and a PDF and all text version of the weekly Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletter and a 20 years ago Pro Wrestling Torch Weekly newsletter every week. Full details on how to support us and get so much in return with three different tiered options at patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP. You can still support us directly on our website and get the full VIP benefits for $9.99 a month by going to pwtorch.com slash govip. That has not changed. This is just an additional option. 
for those of you who are familiar with and like supporting creators on Patreon. That's patreon.com slash PWTorchVIP.